1: hello everyone and welcome to another edition of better than before our clear objectives are to help you with your leadership journey to help you with your business and entrepreneurial journey, to help you in your management journey, and also throw in some money things from time to time and other helpful tips that can help you as uh, someone who is just looking to be more successful in life and business. So we have very clear objectives here on this program, and we're constantly programming various things and selecting material and guests that we think are going to be helpful for you and uh, we'd love to have your feedback you can contact us at info info at clearvision development.com you can leave feedback on our social media we have a clear vision development facebook page a clear vision development uh, twitter account and uh, several social media outlets uh, where you can uh, give us some feedback on our show. And, of course, the most effective way is to give us a star review. And uh, we'd like to have 50 five-star reviews by the end of the year. And so if you wouldn't mind, just uh, bestow upon us your best review possible. Uh, And we we definitely appreciate you and would appreciate your feedback. Also, I want to remind you that uh, you should visit our website at Clear visiondevelopment.com. development.com it is stocked full of resources to help you uh, with leadership management business we post new stuff on our website almost every day uh, we have podcasts we have videos we have email newsletter called the monday morning memo we have audio packages free downloads and a lot more at ClearVisionDevelopment.com. development.com stop on by and give us a visit hi producer bill hello Donny, how are you doing sir
2: I'm good thank we you.
1: are uh, experiencing snow I know right in November of course uh, when this podcast airs we might be 60 but <laughs> uh, we are having a little snow today
0: yeah I haven't even been able to rake the leaves yet
1: uh, let's do our news that uh, out there let's talk about uh, the placebo effect what if the placebo effect isn't really a trick New research and zeroing in on a biochemical basis for the placebo effect, possibly opening a Pandora's box for Western medicine, reports the New York Times' Gary Greenberg. Harvard Medical School's Ted Kapchuk and his colleagues have begun to uh, put together an ensemble of biochemical processes that may finally account for how placebos work and why they are more effective for some people and some disorders than others. Huh. You're familiar with the placebo, right? Right. Basically give you a sugar pill or mm-hmm. a pill that does nothing. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel like it's doing something. And then you get natural healing. or yeah, whatever. Your
0: mind tricks yourself.
1: He also says, though, that there's a bigger and deeper concern here. Once you start measuring the placebo effect in a quantitative way, you are transforming it to be something other than what it is. You suck out what was previously there and turn it into science. Reduced to its molecules, he fears, the placebo effect may yet become another thing on the conveyor belt of routine care. Interesting. So we got the biggest free agent deal in sports going on. The Washington Nationals offered Bryce Harper the biggest free agent contract in the history of the four major North American sports in late September. He and his agent turned it down, the Washington Post-Chelsea Jane's reports. They offered Harper $300 million for 10 years in a deal that included no opt-outs of the contract. The biggest free agent deal in pro sports history by total value has been... Uh, Albert Pujols. Alex Rodriguez. When he did that 10-year deal worth $275 million with the Yankees back in 2007... So this would have been over that by twenty five million, but Giancarlo Stanton's twenty fourteen deal, which guaranteed him three hundred twenty five million over thirteen seasons, was an extension, not a new contract. Hmm. Stephen Hawking will not be the beneficiary of this latest sale uh, because he's passed away, but his motorized chair has just sold. Really. A wheelchair used by physicist Stephen Hawking has now sold at an auction for three hundred ninety-three grand, while a copy of his doctoral thesis fetched $767,000. And it was auctioned off by Christie's, a famous auction company. The motorized chair used by Hawking after he was paralyzed with motor neuron disease was expected to fetch about $20,000 but it went for 393. Proceeds from the chair's sale will go to two charities, the Stephen Hawking Foundation and the Motor Neuron Disease Association. Hawking's 1965 Cambridge University thesis, The Properties of Expanding Universes, sold for more than 3 times its pre-sale estimate. So they must have thought what it was going to sell for 250 about? Hmm. And it sold for $767,000. Can't you just read it for free? or? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to discount the historical value. Have you ever seen that movie, The Theory of Everything? I have not. Which is his uh, story of him going to college and not having the disease and then gradually getting the disease over time. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I enjoyed it. So he contracted this disease at 22 and was given just a few years to live. Instead, he passed away this past March of 2018 at 76. Wow! Uh, he expanded scientific thinking about black holes and the origin of the universe, and uh, he attained celebrity status. And of course, he wrote best-selling books. That one status symbol that really tells you that you've made it as a star. He was on The Simpsons. <laughs> There you go. Thank you, Dr. Hawking. Okay, here's my stat of the day to kind of wrap up our news segment here that goes along with the cold weather. When you feel cold, you like romance movies better. Interesting. Because being physically cold makes people crave psychological warmth. It also increases their preference for romance movies, according to a series of studies at Hong Kong University of Science and Technology and also uh, the University of Colorado. For example, undergrads were willing to pay about $1.60 more to see a romance movie when the temperature was about 13 degrees colder.
0: (laughs) I don't know what to say about that. This
1: effect did not apply to action movies, thrillers, or comedies. But what about romantic comedies? <laughs> well, my question is, who funded this study? The Hong Kong University of Science and Technology and the University of Colorado. So if you're going to make a movie bill, which I don't know if that's one of your lifetime goals, you want to make a romantic movie, <laughs> make sure release it in the wintertime.
0: Makes sense to me. Because
1: as the weather gets colder, more and more people will want to go see your, well, not romantic comedy. I don't know how that affects it. But does that mean then, can we can we say, I'm trying to form a hypothesis here. Listen to me sounding all smart. Mm-hmm. Does that mean the Hallmark Channel does better as the temperature goes colder? My guess would be yes. But maybe I'm stereotyping the Hallmark Channel. I thought it was all about romance, but... What's the one that's all about the murders? Or oh, maybe that's Lifetime. I'm not sure. Where there's always a movie where the guy gets a girlfriend and then she turns out to be a killer and kills him. Or like there seems to be a plethora of those kinds of movies out there. Or I don't think you see as many of those on Hallmark. I'm guessing not. But I'm not a super huge viewer of either channel. So.
0: Same here. I I feel like I'm missing out, though.
1: I just know my mother is a big Hallmark Channel viewer, especially during the holidays. Yes. She will watch Smoky Mountain Christmas. She'll watch Rocky Mountain Christmas. She'll watch good old Kentucky Home Christmas. Welcome back home to Tennessee Christmas. I mean, <laughs> every Christmas special on Hallmark Channel, my mom has seen many times and will continue to be a faithful viewer. That's awesome. So... When the temperature goes down, the romantic movies go up. We'll have to see if Netflix has or Amazon has any data on that. Yeah. They should. I mean, users of what they're watching, right? Right. So uh, I've got a special guest today, Jessie Yankee, who is the director of the Missouri Women's Business Center here in Columbia. They do a lot of good work helping people get their business off the ground, get started, write business plans, uh, secure loans, all kinds of great stuff. She's in the green room, and I'm going to welcome her into the studio here to have a discussion with us and educate us on the Missouri Women's Business Center. We're sponsored by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer.
2: Hi, I'm Dave Drain. And I'm Dan Burks. And we're the owners of University Subaru. As a locally owned business, we care for our community. We know how important it is to give back because we grew up here and we raised our family here. This is our home. Which means we care for customers like we care for the community. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. From here. Been here. And we will always be here for you.
0: Are you working twice as hard, but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com.
1: This is Tony Richards on Better Than Before and our special guest today is Jesse Yankee, Director of Missouri Women's Business Center, overseeing the eight-county economic development arm of Central Missouri Community Action. The MOWBC offers free one-on-one business consulting and planning to mid-Missouri women entrepreneurs. also offering programs to very popular uh, Launch U Class, which I want to talk about. Also, they are in the process of launching Aspire Mo, which is a 20-week entrepreneurship program taking place in state women's prisons. And uh, prior to her current role, Jessie owned and operated a commercial IT services company for seven years, which was acquired in 2017. She serves on some boards, the United Way Board of Directors, the Chamber of Commerce uh, Ambassadors here in Columbia, Small Business Committee here in Columbia, and was a 2017 20 Under 40 recipient. She also has a Bachelor's in Business Management from the University of Missouri, an MBA from William Woods University, and also a 2018 graduate of Leadership Columbia, which is not on here, but I'm going to add that. She's a divorced mother of two and knows the balancing act of motherhood and entrepreneurship all too well. She loves serving the women of mid-Missouri to help reach their dreams of business ownership, and self-sustainability. So, Jesse, welcome to the program. Hello. I'm so glad we could work out a time that you could come be on. Yes. Because um, I find your story very fascinating, and I want to talk to you about a whole bunch of topics, including your current work at the Missouri Women's um, Business Center, or is it just the Women's Business Center? It's the Missouri
3: Women's Business Center. Okay,
1: Missouri Women's Mm -hmm. Business Center. I'm glad I got that right. But tell me a little bit about this whole transition. So, Uh, What caused you to originally want to be an entrepreneur when you had your IT services? So
3: actually, the whole reason I started my IT business was to serve other small businesses. I saw a major need in the community for startup businesses to have affordable IT services. So I just started a little shop out of my house and grew into a five-employee business until we couldn't grow anymore. And that was really my first taste of entrepreneurship and the other entrepreneurs in Columbia.
1: Right. Right. When, I, when you say you couldn't grow anymore, mm-hmm. that's interesting. So what caused you or what were the things that caused you to realize that?
3: A uh, lack of uh, access to good employees. Um, luckily, we have such a low unemployment rate, but that also means it's very hard to find IT professionals, especially in the salary range we could afford. Mm-hmm. Also, we had maxed out. We had too many clients and it, I had to either take the leap into getting a loan and expanding my business or deciding if that was truly where I wanted to be. And I knew that it wasn't.
1: So the whole idea uh, of starting your IT business was to serve other entrepreneurs. right? Isn't that funny Mm -hmm. that that is what you're doing now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a common thread in your business history Mm -hmm. of um, the desire of your heart, I suppose. Yeah. And what is it that you like about doing that so much?
3: I get so much gratification out of taking someone that comes to me and they say, I have this idea and I have this dream, but I don't know how to get there. And I know how to get them there. And to take them from just an idea to them actually opening their doors to their business, it's one of the most fulfilling things that I've ever experienced. Yeah.
1: Startup is the hard, I mean, it's really hard stage.
3: Yes. And we work specifically with women um, who are minorities, uh, maybe lower income. About 50% of our clients are low to moderate income qualified. And so helping them access capital and things like that, that is something they just didn't know how to navigate. And we help them with that.
1: Very cool. So now the Missouri. Missouri Women's Business Center was not your idea. Mm -mm. So after you sold your business um, after a little bit there, you decided to apply to, to run that. Mm -hmm. And so tell me a little bit about the history of the Missouri women's business center. How did it come about?
3: Sure. So there are actually 114 of these women's business centers throughout the entire nation. We're all funded by the SBA. So the federal small business administration gives each of us a grant, um, to run our centers each year. They locate a couple new locations and put out a, a, basically a request for a proposal from a nonprofit to host a women's business center. We are hosted by Central Missouri Community Action. So Darren Priest, the executive director of Community Action, he really realized that they needed an economic development arm of what they're doing. They're dealing with so many of the issues dealing with poverty and he doesn't want just to put a Band-Aid on things. He wants to help people become self-sustainable like we mentioned before. So two years ago, he wrote the grant and himself and the prior director got the center going.
1: So. What's been the toughest thing about this transition for you so far?
3: Fundraising. (laughs) There is quite a lot of fundraising um, with the center because the SBA requires us to match our grant. And it's hard to get people to invest in something so new and you don't have the results yet to show them. But we're really getting there.
1: So in your role today with the Women's Business Center, so fundraising's a part of it. What are the other parts of your everyday?
3: Program development, so that's taking an idea Like, for example, our women's prison initiative and then actually making that happen and all of the logistics and people and partners and background checks and everything that goes into something like that is very time consuming. And then on top of that, we counsel. So I have several clients that I counsel and then our business coach, Sherry, has lots and lots of clients she counsels. We're about two to three weeks out on appointments right now for someone who wants to come in
1: because
3: we have two full-time staff and one part-time staff operating all eight of our counties
1: so uh one of the things in your bio about the women's business center was launch you mm-hmm. and so this is a um Six-week program that you offer.
3: Yes. LaunchU is a six-week, 36-hour business planning class. And it's awesome because you go, again, from this is my idea and I really want to do it to having a full business plan at the end, like that you are ready to go to a bank and get a loan if you need that. This curriculum came out of Southeast Missouri State University. It's nationally recognized and a lot of different places teach it. Some of our very best businesses have come out of this course because it puts you through the ringer and you have to be very invested time wise. There's homework on top of the 36 hours and it's really cool. And what I love the most is the entrepreneurs kind of much like Leadership Columbia, they become friends and yeah. they, they lean on each other.
1: What's well, a shared experience. Yes. You know, that's that's what uh, like Leadership Columbia, what happens there and in a lot of things that you go through together, especially over a several week period mm-hmm. is there's bonding. Yes. And it's a shared experience. And it's one you look back on fondly mm-hmm. because most of the time it's not repeatable. Right. Or you can't do it again. Yes. Right. We're and working so. on
3: starting kind of a launch you alumni social thing and a Facebook group and stuff where they can continue those relationships when they get done with the class.
1: So then who can qualify for that? Anybody. So who most often?
3: Most often it's somebody who is fully employed somewhere else and they just have a different dream Um, or they think they can do something better than they're currently. I mean, we have everything. Right now we have a lot of pets. Pets are big, Tony. Mm, Everybody loves pets. We have groomers, we have veterinarians, we have trainers, all kinds of things. So our last class, we only take 10 at a time. Three of the last 10 were all dog.
1: I am amazed at the lady who does my pet sitting. Right. I met her, she worked in a veterinarian's office and she was one of the techs that handled the dogs on nail trimmings and checkups and things like that. And she decided she wanted to do pet setting and she started just with people she knew. I was one of her first clients and now she's online and she, you have to go online to book her. And, uh, I think I have special privileges because (laughs) I never get locked out, but she is only taking a certain amount, which, you know, you've done a pretty good job in your business when you limit the amount of customers you take. And it's just amazing what she's been able to do. So yeah, pets are big. Absolutely, They're really big. And that's one thing. Just because it's called the Missouri Women's Business Center doesn't mean that men can't do it. We
3: too. do have some male clients. About 8% of our clients are male.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do men not do it because of the name? Or? Probably.
3: Um, and there's so many other resources as well, like the Small Business Technology Development Centers. That's another. It's our sister agency. I think they're drawn to that. And honestly, I think men don't ask for help as much as women do. You think?
1: <laughs> producer bill's nodding his head
3: (laughs) there. You don't want to come in and tell us they don't know how to start a business, but that's
1: the most crucial thing. If you have never been an entrepreneur before and you think you would like to be an entrepreneur, I mean, my best advice is to get help and it's free, get help from somebody. I mean, get some expertise to help guide you because every entrepreneur will tell you, yeah, I didn't really think about that. I didn't think about this. I didn't really know that I was lucky. I kind of lucked out on that part because I don't know. I just wasn't, I didn't know that that was going to happen. Right. Right.
3: That was even me and my business. I wish that the women's business center would have been there when I had my business.
1: So that's launch you. Now tell me about the coaching and consulting that you do.
3: So that truly is one-on-one, they might come in one time and just say, I need help with this specific piece. A lot of our clients, though, need more connections. So for example, we have about three clients right now who are entering the food market. They have specialty food items. And finding the right people, we can't be experts in everything, but we have the connections to say, you know, oh, so-and-so over here knows everything about FDA regulations and they're gonna help you. And then this person, they make nutritional labels, We have an amazing ecosystem here in the mid-Missouri area for entrepreneurs, and we just all play in that arena. Mm -hmm. We all have a Slack account together, and I'll just say, hey, who do we have that does acidity testing for food products? I don't know, but someone does. So there might be that. I have a client right now who literally just finally opened their doors last week, right down the street from here, actually. It's a nail salon, and I've been working with them since March And we've met 20, 30 times and we've worked through every single piece together. So, I mean, it's just up to the entrepreneur, what kind of relationship they need from us. So we do all all the things. Yeah. And so
1: (laughs) what stage are they still in startup when you're doing that with them? We will
3: work with existing businesses as well. It's about 50, 50 pre-business ventures. And then about 50% people who are already in business are just trying to take the next step. Once they get to about five, six, seven employees, and they're really on the fast track, we'll refer them over to the SBTDC and do some co-counseling. Ready gets involved. Um, the Innovation Center. So we are truly here in Missouri, the first step. I just have an idea. What do I do with it?
1: Yeah. And then I think I also saw on your calendar coming up, there's a mastermind or something.
3: Yeah. Our mastermind exchanges are just awesome women that get together and talk about their problems. I think it's a lot like the small business roundtable that's hosted here on Fridays. Mm-hmm. They come in, they say, oh, gosh, I have this specific problem. And then they talk it out.
1: You're just tapping into the power of the group. Yeah and somebody usually has either a solution or a referral.
3: Exactly, referral to someone else. To
1: someone else. So, what what uh, how are how are you doing in this so far? Like I uh, love it. Yeah. Yes. What do you love most about it?
3: The women. The women, like last week, we had our first ever Women Who Own It Awards, and what we did was we had this whole nomination selection process um, for an Entrepreneur of the Year from each of our eight counties, and we had this last Thursday, and it blew me away. We had each of them tell their stories. It was just eight wildly different stories on paths to entrepreneurship. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the, in the room at the end, um, and a lot of my donors, again, they were. this was a first ever event. They didn't know what to expect, and all I've heard is this was so wonderful and we can't wait to do it again next year.
1: So we briefly touched on the Prison mm-hmm. uh, initiative. So, can you talk about that? Yes. Yet or?
3: Uh, oh, absolutely. Okay. This prison project came out of a partnership with Kellyanne coates who's the director of the Women's Council for the Department of Economic Development for the state and the Department of Corrections. And and she started having these conversations about the problem we have with female incarceration in Missouri. It's astounding where we were up until just a month or two ago, the number one state for increased female incarceration in the nation. Uh, so so now we're number two. It's always us in Kentucky going back and forth. I mean, our female prison population went up 30% in the last five years, 30 Wow. men was 4%. So what's going on? What we're doing is we're taking this launch you product that we've got. We're adding eight weeks of leadership and, you know, business basics, attire, resume building basic vocabulary. And we're going to be in the prison every Wednesday for 20 weeks. And we're going to take 10 women and actually one employee, one prison employee will also be able to go through the program and help them build their business plan. So how it's going to work is all 10 of the women will be about two years from release. There's quite a bit of criteria they have to meet to, to go into the program in terms of um, certain offenses we don't allow and whatnot. They have to apply to the program, and there's 2,100 women, and we're taking 10. They're going to be 10 awesome women. Sure. And so then when the program is over, we spend the next year or so before their release matching them with an apprenticeship in the field they want to go into. We know they're not going to go out from day one and open a business, but say you've got someone who wants to be a photographer or you've got someone who wants to be a dog groomer or whatever – We're going to give them where they want to live, an apprenticeship with a person that knows that they're going to go hopefully launch their own business. This program is modeled off of a program in Texas that's been happening for 15 years and is wildly successful. Their recidivism rate plummets. They have a 100% employment rate, which is unheard of. And so we're really excited to pilot this this year.
1: So, I mean, I know the intentions are to integrate folks um, who've had unfortunate circumstances or they've gone to prison. The intention is to integrate them back into society. But I also know the reality of it is that it's tough. Yes. And being able to start your own business would be a very interesting and creative pathway to get back into society
3: absolutely it I think it also is a big part of the self-sustainability aspect because what happens is they get out well no one wants to give them a job well then if you can't make money and you can't provide for your family you do what you have to do which might not always be the best choice you know it's a crisis choice
1: right they may want to try to go back on the path they were on before right I would think it's also a self esteem builder
3: absolutely like
1: it gives you confidence the um, whole
3: program as a whole will do that as well um, that's why we're doing a lot of the strengths findings and just teaching them that they are valuable and I mean a lot of these women I don't think we were ever told they were valuable and loved you know um, they didn't have the same upbringings as maybe you and I did so we want for them to be accountable to us I think that's a big part we're going to continue mentoring them throughout their release beyond release. We hope to actually, by the time that they start getting out our first class, you know, about two years, by then want to actually employ a full-time person who coordinates all of this and keeps tabs on them and helps them the way that we help our other clients. I
1: see. Yeah. So tell me what your big challenges going into 2019 are going to be at the Women's Business Center.
3: Um, Definitely serving everybody who wants assistance. It's just impossible. Um, We definitely need more volunteers um, because we do have volunteer coaches. These might be Retirees that you know are experts in something. Finding more donors, um, partnerships. Usually, you know, we have a lot of partnerships with banks and and private businesses. So building on those and just building these new programs. We're actually devising a uh, a launch you student edition. A couple of our local higher education establishments here don't have business degrees. Stevens College is one, and so working with their students. On business planning because they don't have that opportunity there. So that's a great partnership that we're working on just because what I love about Stevens is about 99% of their students think that they're never going to work for someone else. Mm -hmm. They definitely all think they're going to start their own business. So we've really seen an influx of them requesting counseling. So we're trying to make that more, you know, on campus. So yeah, but again, trying to do all this with two full-time staff is difficult. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the way the world is changing uh, it's not a bad way to think about going. Mm-hmm. Uh, create your own path. Yeah. Um, because um, the world is changing from a technology standpoint uh, with uh, traditional companies like Sears and JCPenney filing for Chapter 11. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a lot of security sometimes uh, in, in the business world today. And if you can come up with an idea that's sustainable, where you can either operate it, um, give yourself your own employment, or you can grow it and maybe someday sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why not do that? Exactly. Right. Now for Jesse Yankee, personally, mm-hmm. what's on your goal list uh, coming up?
3: I haven't really thought about my goals, Tony. Um, <laughs> I'm so busy working on everyone else's well, goals. I know you wrote down
1: <laughs> some stuff last year.
3: Yes, I know. I need to revisit that list. Personally, I definitely want to dive into maybe some investing. I don't know about all that stock market investing stuff. I want to invest in small businesses and and seeing what that looks like. Um, like that was actually when I interviewed for my job. I asked in my interview, can I personally fund any of these businesses because most of the time they need ten thousand dollars and and for them that's all they need to get off the ground and i'm like i'm shark tank you know i'll take 20 percent right. of your business no they won't let me do that but um
1: but that's something you think you might be interested in down the yes,
3: road yes especially so in particular i'm thinking of one client in my head right now that i know will succeed i mean 100 percent they will succeed but they have a bad credit score hmm I mean, that's just, no one ever taught them financial literacy. No one did it. So they cannot get a bank loan. And we're working on that, and and we will improve their credit and stuff through our partnerships. But um, I would have funded them immediately. I just, I have full gut feeling faith in them. So I would like to to do some of that on the side.
1: So Future Shark.
3: Yeah. I would love to be a future shark.
1: Awesome. And if you want to know about stock investing, you just hang out with Bill and I. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's so boring. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll, we'll teach you. It is boring, but it's awesome. Long-term. Yes. Okay. So I got a standard list of closing questions. I ask everybody that comes on. Okay. okay so oh, okay. I got 12 uh, questions oh for you here. So
3: I'll just go with gut answer. Yeah,
1: that's what you should do. Uh, those are always the best. So number one, what is the best memory that immediately comes to mind in your life?
3: I mean, it just—I just see flashes of my children. I mean, right. they're just—I'm sure as a mother that would be most people's answer. They just bring me an incredible amount of joy.
1: I figured it would be. I see pictures of them on Facebook yes. quite often. I can't
3: think of a specific memory, but it's like every memory. I just—they're five and seven—and I want to freeze them in time right now because they are absolute angels.
1: Number one hero in your life. Who do you really admire?
3: Oh, gosh, my grandfather, and hmm. he just passed away. Now you're going to have me crying, Tony. Oh, sorry, <laughs> He just passed away earlier this year, but he was really the epitome of, of uh, like what a man should be.
1: That's awesome. What is the top value that you subscribe to? Honesty. It means a lot to you. Yeah,
3: I, ha- I am incapable of lying. It's true. I mean, I, I can't physically do it, which gets me in trouble sometimes, but I just cannot stand liars.
1: Uh, most important person in your life?
3: Um, probably right now my friend's. Just those, I have two girlfriends that I mean, they're, they're my, I call on Unleash, you know, all the dramas that you don't tell everybody else. And those two have been a rock for me.
1: Everybody needs an inner circle. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing? Wine. Wine? <laughs> Any particular kind?
3: Red, now that it's snowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I drink a lot of Cab. I've got a little wine rack in my basement and I have a wine listserv I subscribe to. And it's just, you know, end of the day, just a little.
1: Yeah. So do you, have you ever done the Napa thing?
3: Not yet. I really want to. Finding the time would be amazing. There's a goal for you. Yeah, there you go. Get to Napa. What's your favorite food? (sighs) Corn dogs.
1: (laughs) You're a state fair kind of girl. I
3: really do love corn dogs a lot.
1: (laughs) I like them. Um, Mm -hmm. What's the most beautiful place you've ever visited?
3: It's hard to say. I would probably say Gatlinburg. I love the mountains and that was truly beautiful in the fall.
1: Dolly World. Yeah. If you could describe success in one word. What would that word be?
3: Happiness.
1: Okay. How do you want to be remembered?
3: As someone who cared a tremendous amount, like I want them to say, gosh, she just really, really wanted everyone to succeed, because that's that is truly how I feel.
1: Wonderful. Advice for a younger Jesse.
3: Oh gosh. <laughs> a lot of things I won't say on this podcast. Um, be wiser with money.
1: Okay. What's your favorite sound?
3: sound hearing my kids say I love you
1: no one ever says their alarm clock no to that question. it's the worst and finally what's the best lesson that you've learned
3: if you don't have something nice to say keep it to yourself and oh. I've gotten myself in trouble just you know with a little gossip here and there and this town is too small it and is. you just you know what it, it and I've really grown in that aspect over the last 10 years of just it's not worth it
1: yeah, I, that is that is my favorite advice if I'm asked to mentor somebody mm-hmm. is don't talk about people. Don't
3: trash talk because no. it will come back and get you every single time. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure you should even just talk about people. Mm-hmm. I mean, even it can be misconstrued. Right. So, um, I'm thinking about, i have listened to your interview today and I've listened to the podcast and I'm thinking, you know, I kind of want to do all those kind of things that she's talking about. I want to get some advice about this business idea. How do they get in touch with you?
3: Um, with us, you can just go to Missouri women's business Center our Facebook page or mo and again if you're listening somewhere outside of columbia um, there are women's business centers and small business development centers all over the nation all over the nation Um, so just even google local um, mentoring or uh, business development in your area i guarantee there's a center nearby
1: all right thanks to jesse for being here with us and i'll have your business and leadership lesson next on better than before
2: hi i'm dave drain and i'm dan burks and we're the owners of university subaru As a locally owned business, we care for our community. We know how important it is to give back because we grew up here and we raised our family here. This is our home. Which means we care for customers like we care for the community. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. From here. Been here. And we will always be here for you.
0: Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com.
1: Welcome back to Better Than Before, and it's time for this week's business and leadership lesson. It's going to be a relatively short one, but I think kind of a positive and powerful one to share with you, and it's all about cleansing. You know, we're almost into holiday season. Uh, Thanksgiving's only a week or so away, and Christmas is only six weeks or so away. And then we get into the new year, and people start thinking about, what did I do well in 2018? How do I want 2019 to be better? What could I do to achieve better success or better outcomes in 2019? So I want to have some lessons here going into the end of the year that kind of help spark some thoughts with that. And today I want to talk to you about cleansing. Lately, I've been doing some of this at my house. I've, I've been throwing stuff away. Back in spring break, which was the last week of March, I had a water line bust at my house uh, to my washer, and it ran down into the storage area of my basement area where I had stored probably... 30 years worth of stuff uh, that I've moved from state to state and town to town. And uh, some of those boxes I probably haven't opened since the 80s. So I had to move all those boxes out to keep them from getting damaged. Since the last week of March, right up until this past weekend, I've been opening those boxes and going through those things. And throwing the old cardboard boxes away because they either got wet or maybe I just, I just need to throw them away and keeping the stuff I really want to keep, but cleansing our, our lives of the things that i have just been carrying around that I really don't need to keep anymore. And, Every weekend, I make a couple of trips to the dumpster. I'll throw the old boxes away and or some garbage bags full of stuff that we just really don't need to be keeping around. And our lives get to be that way too. We have things in our lives that just keep hanging around and we just keep holding on to them. And when you do a good thorough cleansing, you get rid of stuff, right? And so sometimes we need to take a look at our lives and do a cleansing with our lives. So I've got a couple of points here to share with you that might help you with some thoughts about how to do that. Number one, review your list of projects or the things that you did in 2018. You know, they might be irrelevant. They may not matter anymore. It may just be a habit that you're continuing to do it. How many of us have magazines that we just keep renewing the subscription to that we haven't even read for a long time? They just sit around the house. We put them on the coffee table. They gather dust or we stack them up in a magazine rack in a corner and... You know, even with today's technology uh, of email and online, we still get a, a high amount of paper type things in the mail when perhaps maybe all we really need to do is cancel that subscription or not renew or maybe send a little note to somebody, hey, I, I don't want to get this anymore or I don't want to receive this anymore. Um, things that are just kind of gathering dust that we're just kind of doing. And it might save you some money too. I mean, if, if you're continuing to subscribe to a magazine that you don't even read, I mean, that's just kind of money flying out the door and they're stacking up in your house that you're eventually going to have to pitch or throw away. So why not say at the end of 2018, while you're sprucing up the house for the holidays, Get rid of all that stuff, all those periodicals or magazines or whatever it is that comes to you, or just projects or things that you've been working on and saying, hey, this is going to be my last year of doing that. I'm not carrying that into my life into 2019. Number two, what can you delegate to other people? Uh, What are some things that you don't have to do yourself anymore? And I'm talking about external people who can help you do low-value things, uh, but they're things that need to be done. You're just still doing them through force of habit. I'm on the road quite a bit. I travel quite a bit. I work with a lot of uh, clients, and so I spend a lot of my time working because that's how my wife and I, who's my partner in the business, that's how we provide for our family. Sometimes there's not a lot of time left over. Uh, and when there is time to be left over, I want to spend that time doing things with her or doing things that I enjoy. And so I decided a couple of years ago to delegate the lawn care at my house to a lawn service. Yeah, it, it costs me a couple hundred dollars a month, but I could be doing an activity instead of mowing my lawn of where I could make more than $200 a month. I can do the activity at work to pay for the lawn service and have that time as free then Uh, So I can have a nice pretty lawn and, uh, you know, live in a nice neighborhood. So my neighbors would not be happy if I let my lawn go. So I delegated it to a lawn service and my, you know, leaves get raked, my lawn gets cut, my sprinklers get maintenanced and all of that stuff that would be very low value for me to do myself. There may be some things that you're still doing. And I I talk to CEOs and executive vice presidents about this all the time. They're still doing stuff that they need to delegate to somebody else because they could be doing a higher value activity uh, because they're being compensated well to do high value activities, not low value activities. So you want to examine those things that you're doing to make sure that if there's something you can get somebody else to do, And you can come out on the value equation with it. That would be beneficial. Number three, think about your obligations. What have you obligated yourself to? a problem here is that people will say yes to too many things because they either have a strong desire in their heart to be helpful. They have a strong desire in their heart to solve other people's issues and problems. And so they're always willing to help out. They're always willing to lend a helping hand, which is good to a certain extent, but you can overextend yourself uh, and you can obligate yourself to too much And then you have competing commitments, which can seriously stress you out. So the question then is, have you been of service enough? Do you need to move on to something else? Uh, Do you need to cut back on your commitments and things that you have done for the last five or 10 years and turn those things over to somebody else? Give them an opportunity to serve in that area so that you can either have that time back uh, to put into another useful way. Or uh, give somebody else, you know, an opportunity to get in there and do something so you can go uh, do something else. So take a look at your obligations. What have you committed yourself to that you need to review and see if you need to continue doing that in 2019? Number four, and this is sort of goes along to the delegation things, but have you obligated to something that perhaps somebody else can do that you don't necessarily have to do? So give yourself a shift in focus and consider cleansing your life and creating some opportunities for your career, um, for your personal time, for your marriage, for your significant uh, relationship, and so on. And you should ask if you're learning and growing by making this investment in time. What's, What's it doing for you? Uh, What need is it meeting for you? Because listen, I, I know this for a fact. People will get their own needs met. So if something is a strong need for you, you will get that need met in some way, right? It's why marriages have affairs. It's why marriages split up because human beings will get their need met one way or another. And if they're not getting their need met, they will get it met somehow, some way, which can lead to trouble. And the way it can lead to trouble um, outside of that particular example is that you need to feel uh, of service or you need to feel that you're helping or you need to feel active. You need to feel that you're contributing but after a while you stop learning and you stop growing from that experience and perhaps you need to move on to uh, where you aren't just giving it's a two-way equation you're also receiving uh, some benefits out of it as well every year you know you need to get rid of some stuff and a friend of mine told me a long time ago and my wife really bought into this and that is if you don't create space in your life There's no room for anything new to come in. So especially where our house is concerned, right? If we don't get rid of some of the stuff in our house, we don't have any space for other stuff. And we all enjoy bringing some new stuff in from time to time. So the lesson today is what can you cleanse from your life? What obligations do you have that you can get rid of to create space for new obligations? What projects do you need to get rid of so you create space for new projects? What relationships do you need to get rid of so you can create space for new relationships? All of these would be helpful questions for you at this time of the year so you can think about how is 2019 going to be a better year for you this coming year? That's my uh, lesson for you today. I hope you found it helpful. We're sponsored on Better Than Before by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. Our podcast typically drops on Tuesday, uh, more than likely in the afternoon. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, Google Play, because we love it when you subscribe and we're being helpful Thanks for listening this week. Our senior producer is William Foster and our producing coordinator is Whitney Coker. I'm Tony Richards reminding you until I see you next time, everything gets better when you get better.
0: Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.